Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Welcome back to Hoopball Hawks, the show here on the Hoopball Network that is taking flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, here on late but early Saturday morning on April 24th after the Hawks matchup versus the Miami Heat here in the ATL where the Hawks Without two more starters tonight, pulled the upset over the Miami Heat. The Hawks have been 3-2 and two in the last several games, mainly due to injury, those two losses, in my opinion. And as I talked about external threats to the Hawks' success this year on the last episode with Jason Walker, shout out to the great Jason Walker, by the way. Time after time, it's been the internal threat of the injury bug that's holding this team back. John Collins is now back in the lineup, but now Trey Young is expected to miss a couple of games with an ankle injury. But it's all about the next men up, and certainly they did that tonight. We're going to dive into all of this with a special guest after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation. And all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus 100% just like an A plus in school hopefully you got them but if not this your chance to get 100% you like playing blackjack there are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments and that's just the tip of the iceberg there is so much that you can do on my bookie and the best thing is is that no cash is required to enter and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back, and as I said, I got a special guest. He's back, Mr. Drip himself. He needs no introduction, but it's so much fun giving him an introduction. Mr. David Bracey. David, welcome back to Hoopball Hawks, and I'm glad that you're going to bless the listeners with your insight, your takes, and if they can see you, you drip, because I already know that you're probably dripping right now, even though it's 11 o'clock over there in St. Louis right now. Yeah, it is a late night, but, you know, the drip is 24-7, so I do what I can. I appreciate you having me on the program this evening. As always, it's an absolute pleasure to discuss the Atlanta Hawks with you. Uh, you've been doing an excellent job covering them, and I'm just really excited to to hop on and talk about the Hawks tonight. Man, I'm glad to have you on. I know you said your drip is 24-7, just like them QTs up there. Uh, so don't stop by or do, you know, thinking of me getting some um, you know, you know, taquitos or something from there after this episode. But we got a lot to talk about. Got a lot to talk about. We're gonna talk about the last five games for the Hawks. Starting off with the last time we recorded, it was leading up to the matchup on TNT versus the Milwaukee Bucks. As everyone knows, the Hawks did fall short in that matchup. Uh that was a measuring stick game. Uh Trey Young had a down game as he was returning back from the calf injury. Uh, that he missed, obviously, the two games prior to the Milwaukee matchup and went to the game, shot three of 17 from the floor, just really was out of rhythm, trying to get everybody else going. Uh, Bogdanovich led the way with 28 points. Solo had 18 points with six three-pointers made on eight attempts. 
Capella had another double-double, 16 points, 16 rebounds, and Kevin Herter with 16.6 boards and four assists. And um, Milwaukee really, their, their supporting cast was what stood out in that game, David, uh, with obviously Giannis coming back from injury and the Bucks having seven players in double digits. It just uh, – Milwaukee, to win that game, did what the Hawks – should have done, in my opinion, which is obviously Trey Young's coming back from injury. Uh, he is the engine for the team, the engine of the engine of the offense, getting everybody going. But everybody else has to step up when you know players are continuing continuing to be out and obviously coming back from injury. Uh, so wanted to just get your thoughts real quick on that TNT game. Uh, I know we talked on the program before that the Hawks normally do well in national televised games, and that was the, a lot of people's, you know, first opportunities to see opportunity to see the Atlanta Hawks in action. Uh, obviously, with the wonderful, wonderful pregame, postgame, uh, halftime show crew at TNT, but um, as a measuring stick game, them losing by eleven. Without John Collins, without Gallinari, still without Hunter, Reddish, uh, Dunn. Is is that really a bad loss in your opinion, David? No, I don't think it's a bad loss. I mean, you know, you never want to lose when you're on the national stage just for that whole, you know, the, the concepts of exposure, you know, and, and brand recognition. Um, you know, you want to get the word out about the, you know, the good news going on in Atlanta and, when you have an opportunity to kind of shine in that national spotlight, you hope you can get a win. But ultimately, I think you highlighted the most key things to take away from that game, which is the fact that obviously Trey Young, who was the, to your point, the engine to their offense, really struggled that day. Uh, the shot just wasn't really falling for him, which again is to be expected when you consider the fact that he was being chased off screens by Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, who are two of the more elite perimeter defenders that we have in the league. So, you got to give credit where credit's due there, um, and you got to respect the assignments. Uh, and as far as, you know, the supporting cast, like you said, Milwaukee supporting cast absolutely blew Atlanta's out of the water, but that's because all of Atlanta's best supporting actors were not available at the time. You know, when you kind of cobble together a cast, we see what, what happens, you know. Um, and, again, I don't think that there's a negative thing. There's There's benefit to those players kind of having that opportunity on that national stage, if you will, to go out there and try to produce and help their team wins. That type of exposure, that type of experience, hopefully will pay dividends in the playoffs if there is a situation where they have to lean up a little bit more heavily on those guys, you know, that aren't typically as heavily used in the rotation. So I think there's a lot of good to take away from the whole, uh, from the whole game, even though they didn't end up ultimately winning. Um, and like we've discussed in the past, Nate McMillan is doing a good job really helping the Atlanta Hawks come into their own, um, kind of find their sense of self-identity. And there's a reason that they're, you know, I, I believe they're 19 and seven since he, you know, kind of took the helm there. So um, overall, you got to be very impressed with, with what's going on in Atlanta right now. I agree. And uh, we're going to talk about the next game after that uh, briefly. And David, uh, you know, we, we, we don't bash our former employers. We both have had past jobs and, you know, left for various reasons for new opportunities. But uh, uh, this is this is a side question, non-basketball question. But if you have a chance to stick it to your uh, old employer, you do it, right? Um, you know, <laughs> you weren't ready for uh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm not gonna plead the fifth, but I'm gonna say uh, you, you got to take care of yourself at the end. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> Take care of yourself. And um, the next game against the Indiana Pacers, uh, Coach Nate McMillan and the Hawks definitely took care of themselves, bouncing back from that loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, it, it, it's well documented that Coach McMillan was the former uh, head coach for the Indiana Pacers, took him to the playoffs multiple years, and they let him go and moved on. Last time the Indiana Pacers uh, played the Hawks, I mean, they happened to be in Atlanta, and the Pacers uh, ran the Hawks out of the building. So they got a, they, they, the Pacers got their just desserts that game, as the Hawks had a complete game, in my opinion, had four players scoring 20-plus points. 
Trey Young bounced back from that horrendous shooting performance, scored 34 points at 11 assists and five boards. Clint Capella with another 20 and 20 night, 25 points, 24 rebounds. Bogey continued his hot scoring with 23 points. Kevin Herter uh, had a had a had a hell of a game himself with 23 points as well, and had almost a double double with nine rebounds. John Collins returned for the first time in several games, played in 21 minutes, scored eight points. So, David, there. Which out of those, obviously, four players scoring 20 plus points for the Hawks is just fantastic. We compared to the Indiana Pacers, who had only one uh, player score 20 20 plus points, and that was uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who had a really good game um, outside of the five fouls. But who out of those Hawks players really stood out to you as far as when you look at the box score or you watch the game as far as in that Pacers performance? Well, I think for me personally, the standout guy is the one who probably stood out the most on the roster as of late. It's got to be Bogdanovich. Um, this is a guy who, you know, they kind of went out of their way in the offseason to go out there and get. This is a guy who fits their their timeline pretty well with a lot of their other key core players. And he's been coming on really, really strong lately. Um, and I think it's honestly, it's unfortunate timing, you know, that Trey Young has gone down. But if he was going to go down in this type of fashion, it's ideal timing because Bogdanovich has really started to round out um, and come into its own here. And we've seen his ability to play make. We know he's a more than uh, a, a more than adequate scorer. Um, and he's a multi-level scorer. He's a, he has ability to get to the basket, his ability to stretch the floor um, and score from the perimeter. So Bogdanovich definitely, hands down, has got to be the guy who I think has stood out the most for the Hawks. Yeah, no complaints from here. Um, I totally agree there. And Kevin Herter has been playing extremely well, shooting the ball really well from the floor. And I love how he's just – been a little bit more aggressive on the offensive end, which I'd love to see him getting to the cup, him shooting his mid-range jumper and obviously shooting the three. Um, and we can't look past, obviously, Capella with 25 points and 24 rebounds. Uh, I have another question that you're not prepared for. What do you think uh, Capella listened to uh, going to the arena? I think he listened to the Top Boy album, uh, personally. You know, Skid it up! Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, I do often wonder what's going on in the mind of Clint Capello, but the way he rebounds it is, it is at a mindless pace. So, you know, I, I, I really couldn't even tell you. Man, whatever he listened to, he need to keep listening to it because he is a monster on the boards, and uh, he he just defends the rim at a high level. Um, I, I think he is – I don't think he's going to win DPOY, but certainly – should be in the top 10, in my opinion, for defensive player of the year this year. He's just been just fantastic. And he continued that fantastic play going into Orlando, which the Hawks are expected to dominate the Magic. The Magic are a train wreck. And I can say that without any remorse because they are. Look at the standings. And they just imploded their team this year. David, you talked about it on the past program about uh, how Orlando has – basically looked at the playoffs as they've been there for the last several years and just basically turned the other way and ran straight to the bottom of the league. And that game, Trey Young had a wonderful game, 25 points, seven assists, five rebounds. Lou Will, the Gwinnett County boy, um, added 22 points off the bench. JC getting better as he's coming back from injury with 11 points, uh, not a high uh, outpour, output of points, but 15 rebounds that game. Clint Capella, again, continues to be a force on the glass with 19 boards and added 14 points along with that. Bogey cooled off in that game with 14 points, and Herter continued to shoot well from the floor with 15. Uh, not a lot to talk about in that Magic game. They dominated from start to finish. Uh, do, 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 do we rest our, our case here talking about the Magic uh, Hawks matchup, David? As far as I'm concerned, when it comes to the Magic and their basketball abilities, that's a bunch of hocus pocus. So yes, we can move on, please. <laughs> and um, hocus pocus, Alakazam, and boom, they uh, 
<laughs> their playoff chances just disappeared. Uh, they haven't been eliminated yet statistically. Um, I know that uh, the Houston Rockets have already been statistically eliminated, and there was another team uh, that's already been eliminated. But um, um, the Magic, they're coming soon. Um, they're coming soon. Uh, on three, Cancun break. Yeah, go to Cancun, um, especially wear a mask and all that. We get vaccinated. The next game is going to be a tough one to talk about. Um, the next game. Obviously, everyone knows that's the game that we let slip away. And it wasn't that we let it slip away. It was – I'm going to go ahead and say it, David. Uh, I know some Knicks fans may jump into uh, my mentions and my DMs and uh, Mr. ATL Player Development, Jordan Boatwright, who is a Knicks fan, uh, uh, feel free to slide in my DMs because I'm 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 gonna defend this uh with my with my all. If Trey Young when they got hurt in that game, the Hawks don't lose that game to New York. I know New York has played well. That was their eighth straight win when they beat Atlanta, so they're really hot. Uh, longest winning streak in the NBA. We're not taking away from that, but I think that with how Trey Young was playing and how the Hawks were playing, and they had a lead when Trey Young went down. I think they don't lose that game. David, what what do you think there? Yeah, I mean, they, two point, you know, I, I just think that the Hawks have a lot to prove. Um, I think a lot of guys on that roster personally feel that they have a lot left to prove, uh, for better or for worse. So I just really expect that the Hawks are really going to ramp up here as the season starts to close out. And we're going to see really some of the best of a lot of their guys, I think. But we're going to see, more importantly, really what the ceiling for this team is going to be. Because as great as we know Trey Young is, we know that he, he needs a supporting cast around him. And this is a real opportunity for this for that cast to show just how great they are. So, Yeah, and people need to continue to step up. And to your point, you said earlier, it's a blessing. Well, more, more people will say a curse. But yet a blessing at the same time for these injuries to happen because it's allowed players to get minutes and get, you know, into a flow in their respective games like Bogey, like Herder, uh, Brandon Goodwin, uh, Oyeko Nkongu getting more minutes due to injury there. Uh, Lou Will is starting to pick it up. So it's allowing for all these other players on this Hawks team to kind of figure out their place on this team and build confidence in their respective game. So you're absolutely right. I'm excited for when the playoffs do come, when people's numbers are called at certain times, them rising up to the challenge because they've been preparing for it throughout the year. And as much as we would love to have a full roster every night, we know it's sports injuries happen. And it's going to have to be next man up. And it's not just a cliche. It's, it's, it's a fact. And we've been seeing next man up. And we're going to talk about that in that heat matchup. And uh, the Hawks, obviously, Bogey hit the big shot at the end of the fourth quarter to help the Hawks tie it up to put it in overtime. And then the Knicks ran away with it. Uh, I'm going to steal uh, Jason Walker's uh, Phrase certified Hawks hater. That is Julius Randle to a T who had another 40 burger this year against the Hawks and another game where he had six plus threes. So Julius Randle just looks at the, uh, looks at the schedule and sees that he's playing the Atlanta Hawks. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm assuming he uh, rubs his hands like Birdman. Um, gets, you know, just, you know, he's ready to eat because he, he eats against us. Uh, he had a, added 11 boards to that 40 points and six assists that game. Uh, John Collins tried his best to help out down the stretch, uh, and he had the best game he's had since he's been back from injury with 18 points. Kunkapella with another 20 and 20 game, 25 points, 22 boards. Trey Young, before he went down with the ankle injury, had 20 points and 14 assists. Bogey with another 20 point performance. Herder with 17 points. Will had his 11. Goodwin was seven. So, David, to your point, it seemed like the players for the Hawks did step up, but they just ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. And we're not going to harp on that game because that's a painful loss for a lot of Hawks fans. And especially when there were some people on Twitter celebrating that Trey Young was hurt. Um, Knicks fans were being, you know, a little too happy about that. 
And I mean, granted, the Knicks haven't won anything. And um, David, when's the last time the Knicks have won anything? I mean, outside of this, you know, this year. Mm. That's a great question. I think that's a problem in itself. Uh, you're absolutely right. And I think that the last time they did something, Mello was still in New York as far as even getting to the playoffs. So, and then fan base has every right to celebrate the success they're having this year. Uh, under first year, uh, first year, obviously in New York, uh, Tom Thibodeau, who obviously is a tenured coach here in the NBA, but they, they definitely have something to cheer about. And, uh, but I, I just feel like if, if Trey Young was healthy, the game would have went the other way with how it was going before he went down with that injury. And his teammates did what they were supposed to do. And we still didn't have Gallinari this game. DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Chris Dunn still haven't suited up at all for the Hawks. So I digress in that one because we're going to talk about the Heat matchup, which was in my opinion, one of the most impressive wins of the season. Six Hawks scoring in double digits. It was an absolute team effort on both ends of the floor, holding the Miami Heat to 14 points in the fourth quarter. Just great, stout defense, and the Heat only scored on 103 tonight in the game. No Trey Young. No Clint Capella, who had a tailbone uh, injury. and actually hurt his tailbone in the next game and played the rest of the game. No, no DeAndre Hunter still, no Cam Reddish still. So injuries still plaguing this Hawks team, and they go out and upset Miami, who has been playing a lot better and put themselves in position to be in the playoffs right now when you look at the standings in the Eastern Conference. And Bogey with another game leading the way with 21 points. Eight assists, hit five three-pointers. John Collins with 20 points and eight rebounds. Gallo returning to action tonight with 17 points, had three three-pointers and added five boards. Brandon Goodwin off the bench, the Gwinnett County product, 17 points off the bench. Lou Will added 13. Kevin Herter added 11 points, six assists, four rebounds, and five steals. So, David, do you agree that this is probably one of the most impressive wins for the Hawks this year? Absolutely. I mean, who was in the NBA Finals last season? You know, the Lakers and the yeah. Miami Heat. You know, the Miami Heat are viewed by most around the league as title contenders, you know, perennially. Um, they have a very talented roster. Jimmy Butler's no joke. Bam Adebayo is the real deal. You know, and they got a core group of veterans on that team. So, yeah, that's definitely that's a great win. That is a playoff caliber win, and that's the type of win that you need. As we are heading into May here, you need that momentum because you're going to try to ride that into the first round of the playoffs here um, and then hopefully come away with a win, you know, to, to win an opening round series in the playoffs. It's going to be potentially a huge victory in itself for Atlanta. Obviously, just making the playoffs is a victory, you know, given a lot of the things going on with the team just in the season alone, let alone over the past couple of years. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things. Like I said, the arrows are pointing up for Atlanta right now. Even though they did just lose, you know, they're, they're all-star guards. So think things are still looking very, very good for the Hawks, and there's still a lot of promise left to get out of the season. Yeah, and I know going into the season when we previewed the Southeast Division, uh, a lot of people did not expect the Hawks to be first in, in that division. Everybody pegged, you know, the Miami Heat, who are obviously the defending Eastern Conference champs, and as you said, they were in the NBA Finals last year as the best team in the division right now. But right now it's the Hawks, and uh, I know this is a Hawks podcast, but in your opinion, do you think that Miami's issues this year have been basically the same issues that the Hawks are facing, which is basically injuries? Yeah, absolutely, and and I don't think that that should surprise really anyone, given the fact that we look at two of the most injured teams in the league, the Lakers and the Heat. Those are the two teams that were playing the longest, that had the shortest amount of rest. You know, we're in this condensed season, and there's just become more and more what at first seemed like isolated incidents, and now seem more and more like, um, you know, there's some there's a common thread here. Um, there's been a lot of these circumstances with these teams, and. The Miami Heat, unfortunately, haven't gone through it pretty much since the jump, uh, since the tip of the season. 
So, yeah, 100%. Injuries played a big factor in that, uh, but everybody can kind of make that argument right now. Yeah, and, and to your point, um, and I wanted to touch upon this a little bit before we go into the break real quick, uh, the injuries across the league, I know we lost Jamal Murray, and, you know, there's countless other players around the league with injuries and compounding injuries and playing through injury. Uh, I know that the NBA wanted the money from Christmas Day, and I – that's why this is kind of why I cautioned the NBA starting as soon and as quickly as they did. It's because I kind of foresaw injuries, especially around this time, um, even though obviously going into all-star break and then they have that little break and then trying to make it down the stretch injuries were going to really be a thing outside of obviously COVID, uh, COVID-19 and uh, people getting sick. These were the two things that I was really leery about in a 72-game sprint. And in your opinion, has it tainted the product that is the NBA, in your opinion, or it just is what it is? What do you think? I mean, I hear the argument on both sides. You know, you could say that has it taken away from the game a little bit this season? Well, I mean, if you look at the fact that the majority of these injuries – especially the multi-game absence injuries that have happened in the league this season have been to, you know, big names have been to the type of guys who you would in an ideal world pay money to go and sit and see. Um, Mm -hmm. So that is definitely unfortunate, you know, but at the same time, it's, it is, unfortunately it is what it is. Like, you know, everybody signed up for this. Everybody knew that this was more of a monetary game than a personal game as far as the amount of games in the condensed schedule including the plan, including, you know, all the testing, including all these these factors. This is a season like unlike any other. Um, and it's it's crazy that we're saying that now for two seasons in a row. And even those two seasons in themselves have been so different from one another. So this is just continu- going to continue to be a learning experience, I think, for not only the players in the league, of course, and, and everybody who works in the league, all those organizations and front offices, but for the fans and themselves, you know. There are certain markets that are allowing people back in the games and others that aren't. You know, there's some of us who are eagerly awaiting an opportunity to get to sit in an arena. And there are some people who choose to, you know, to completely take advantage of their their sideline circumstances and post Instagram videos of themselves acting a fool, Um, which (laughs) coincidentally happened, you know, in the A. So, you know, it's just one of those things. It's going to be a rocky road for, for a little bit. How dare you bring that up? We've tried to move past that. We've been we move we've moved past that here in Atlanta. I don't know if she was a resident or a visitor, okay, but she was definitely acting a fool. So you got to watch your throne on that one. I mean, and you act a fool. I mean, Ludacris, Atlanta. I mean, that that was a perfect segue. But um, yeah, to your point with the injuries, and this is going to be something the NFL is going to have to answer. I know this is a basketball program. We talk about the Hawks, but adding that 17th game has been a huge concern in the NFL. So it's de- we're definitely in the time period with obviously the loss of revenue in all professional sports that is going to be monetary over obviously player safety uh, when it comes to priorities, and they're going to they're going to focus on making a profit. And the NBA is you know no different. And and it sucks that at times and is to, de- to the detriment of said players that are the faces of the league. LeBron being out so many games, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid in the MVP season missing games, uh, Trey Young here locally in Atlanta, John Collins, uh, DeAndre Hunter, who was you know potentially if he would have played a full season, in my opinion, could have been in discussion for most improved player this year, but. You know, it is what it is, and injuries is such a depressing topic. We're going to continue to talk about it after this plug for Bruce Letter. Okay, quickly, we need to pause the show for an announcement, and it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. What's the stuff? The Bruce Letter is back. Oh, yes, back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, the GOAT, is writing an email newsletter filled with its most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. It's not on social media. 
It's only in an email newsletter. And you can sign up to get it for free. I said it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. And you get it straight from the GOAT and Brewski into your inbox and enjoy the nuggets to help you succeed in your fantasy basketball league. All right, and we are back. As I said, injuries is big theme for this episode. Um, David, if you need to pick me up, uh, just remember Mortal Kombat is out tonight. Mortal Kombat is out tonight, and then you can pick yourself up with some Moneybag Yo, because Moneybag Yo, his album's pretty nice. It does slap. And I'm still obviously listening to Slime Language 2. Diamonds dancing. Ooh. Ooh, David, David, you're not ready for that. You're not ready for that. You didn't come here prepared for that. Um, but but what we're gonna talk about is next man up. Everyone, you know, as I said, it's a cliche, everyone talks about it. Injuries, oh, next man up. Um and, and it's held true for a lot of teams in the NBA as we talked about with injuries across the league. And it's really held up here in Atlanta. Um, the five players that I wanted to really touch upon in this segment right here. You mentioned Bogey, who has just been very, very impressive, catching on fire at the right time. And this, I mean, it, it, it's going to be really interesting, especially obviously the connection between the Bucks and the Hawks. Obviously, we played them last Thursday on TNT. We're going to play them on Sunday. Obviously, Bogey is our connection to the Bucks. Um, obviously, with the off season, you know, this past off season, as the, everyone thought that Bogdan was going to be a Milwaukee Buck, he ended up being Atlanta Hawk. Budenholzer used to be the head coach here in Atlanta. Now he's up there in Milwaukee. So, uh, Bogey, he has just been everything that I was hoping for in a player to have to either come off the bench, uh, starting a spell for someone who's in, injured. Or obviously be in the starting lineup, a player who can, you know, others get his own shot. Uh, it, it just, just someone who can play alongside a Trey Young, who can do, take a similar ball handling responsibilities and play making decisions, you know, off of his plate at times and spell him. And I know that he was, he started off rocky, got hurt, and he's been coming on strong. David, is there, could could we have not had Bogey, you know, obviously here now, could we have not had him, you know, catch fire at, at, at another, you know, is there another time that would have been perfect for him to catch fire outside of right now? I mean, if there is one, I'm not really seeing it. You know, I, like I said, it, it's never ideal when, when you're, you know, your superstar guy goes down with an injury right before the playoffs. Um, but Bogdanovich is is a very very talented basketball player, and he continues to show that night in and night out. Um, he didn't get a lot of the shine and opportunity he deserved in Sacramento, so perhaps this is kind of taking some people by surprise. But the Atlanta Hawks front office knew what they were buying into when they went after him in the off season, um, and and this is what you get. You know, there was a reason why everybody said Atlanta won the off season. You know, they went out and they made more moves really than anybody, and. Right now, it's looking like a lot of those moves are really going to be what helps propel them into the playoffs and hopefully helps them secure a first-round victory. Yeah, and one of the moves, obviously, they got Rondo in the offseason. Obviously, we just flipped Rondo close to the trade at the trade deadline, I mean, for Lou Will, and Lou Will has been coming on uh, down the stretch. And we knew it was going to take some time, obviously, Lou Will having to get used to, you know, new teammates, uh, a new place, even though it is home, is familiar. A new coach, and but now he's starting to kind of. It seems like he's getting a, into a rhythm in that second unit. In, in your opinion, how crucial is it going to be to have Lou Will off your bench? Uh, even though we have added the firepower offensively with Bogey, who could you know either be in the starting lineup or come off the bench. You still got Kevin Herter. Whenever DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish comes back, uh, but Lou Will. Where do you see Lou Will fitting as far as obviously to close out the season and in a potential playoff series? 
Well, definitely to close out the season, he's going to really help him right now because he's going to give them a guy who is a veteran, who is experienced, and who can help them steady themselves offensively, which I think is definitely going to be a big thing that they need right now. Um, in regards to the playoffs, that remains to be seen. You know, Lou Will, as of late, has not been the most effective guy in the playoffs. Um, obviously, we know defensively what his limitations are, but on the Clippers, he was kind of in a different role um, than he's on in the Hawks. Uh, and granted, there are some similarities here. Um, but, yeah, I think that there's definitely going to be maybe a little bit more opportunity for him to shine, a little bit more opportunity for him to be a more consistent part of that uh, offensive rhythm that the Hawks are still trying to uh, solidify right now. Yeah, and to your point, in, in L.A., he was the third, fourth score uh, for the Clippers. And where Lou Will is in his career right now, I didn't, I'm not going to say that that was too much on his plate, but I'm going to say it was a little bit too much on his plate. I mean, not not knocking his game, but uh, I think that just shows, you know, the deficiencies that the Clippers had in their roster. And here in Atlanta, he's not nece- he doesn't necessarily have to be the third, fourth highest scorer for the Hawks for them to do well. But to, it's such a luxury to have him come off the bench to set up things. Uh, he's building chemistry, especially with these young guys. I love seeing him in Big O work. And I think that's only going to get better and better as Big O uh, Yako Kongu continues to get more comfortable, which I was going to touch upon. Um, I've really been really impressed with what I'm seeing from him on the defensive end and continuing to, continuing to uh, gr- show his skills on the offensive end, especially scoring in the paint and finishing over tall defenders. But I'm really excited to see how Lou Will can kind of be that spark off the bench with the second unit. I had to, I think that the Hawks have a real, real good opportunity to have a second unit when it comes playoff times or playing games if they happen to falter at some point because of injuries and knock on wood there. But uh, Lou Will's going to have an opportunity to really just own that second unit. And it's not the pressure of, okay, I got to score because I have to in retrospect to the rest of the team is, hey, I can score, but I also have some teammates and a pretty good bench that – can go out and get buckets and do their thing as well. So it's going to be really exciting to see going forward. And I want to touch upon Brandon Goodwin, who's been playing really well. And it's clear that he's been learning from, uh, as well as Trey Young, learning from having Rondo on the team for half of the season. And now that he gets to learn from Lou Will, who he probably, you know, somewhat idolizes, both being from the same place, growing up in Gwinnett County here in Georgia and suburban Atlanta and getting to learn from him in, it, it, I, it's, it's shown in Brandon Goodwin's game how he controls that second unit, how he moves on the court, uh, his confidence continuing to grow, knocking down some big shots, shooting some threes, getting to the cup, setting up others. Brandon Goodwin has been really instrumental in several games in the last 10 games with injuries there, and I love seeing his confidence grow as, as a young player. And Kevin Herter, who I said needs to continue to be aggressive. Um, and, David, I'm going to ask you this question. With Hunter and Reddish, due to come back at some point. Okay, people, fantasy draft season is over, and you, Brewski, 150 your way to a hell of a team. The season is here, and the Fantasy Pass is still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 a month. And now that we're into the regular season, there's zero commitment. Sign up for one month for just 5 bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. We know you'll love it. You'll say you'll keep it. But anyways, it's nice to have options in life. The Fantasy Pass has everything you need to dominate all year long. Updating projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule, and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the Hoop Ball Discord server, where you can hang out with all our hoop ball pros, including myself, around the clock to get one-on-one help with your team. So please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall and get the plug for your success for the fantasy basketball season. Herder, how... 
important is this stretch that Herter has had as far as his confidence and hopefully him. I don't know if he listens to this podcast. If you do, shout out Kevin Herter, shout out Red Velvet, but continuing to be aggressive in his spots wherever he is on his team going forward. It's very important. Um, it's very important because, like you said, it's going to give him that confidence going forward that hopefully he will be able to tap into during the playoffs um, when they really need his scoring, when they really need his defense, his size out there, because uh, he's a player who is very versatile and I think is very valuable to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so hopefully, like 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 I said there, hopefully it pays dividends for him uh, because when Hunter and Reddish come back, obviously those guys are going to be integrated into the rotation there. So it's just more mouths to feed. Um, so Herter being able to kind of have that that center, that ability to really center himself um, and find that balance of where he is both offensively and defensively in the rotation, um, hopefully it's going to pay off for him. Yeah, because I think that's something that when DeAndre Hunter, before he got hurt, he kind of found and established and that's why he was his game was continuing to make leaps and bounds in the second year. And I was ready. I was waiting for, you know, Herter, because in my opinion, this was Herter's put up or shut up year as far as where he fits on this team. And obviously Cam Reddish, who is out with an injury as well, um, needs to do the same thing. And I'm going to continue to say that on the program until he does. And he can't do it right now until he is healthy. So uh, speaking of health, we're back at it again talking about health. And health is wealth, guys. Health is wealth. Remember that. Drink your water, eat your vegetables, uh, get get some sleep, even though I'm up till uh, 1 a.m. here on the East Coast. But John Collins and Danilo Gallinari are back now. Trey Young is set to miss a couple more games, depending on how he's healing. But I'm going to ask questions, David, as far as in the grand scheme of things for the Hawks' success going forward this year. When should players come back? So I'm going to start off with Trey. What do you think? Come back in a couple of games or wait it out a week or so? Um, for context, this year, Trey Young's had calf injury, ankle injuries, knee issues, wrist injury, and he's been battling through them. He's been, you know, still playing games and still trying to miss, not miss games and still, you know, being the leader that he is on the team. Obviously, we would love for all these players we're going to mention to be back as soon as possible, preferably tomorrow, preferably today, yesterday, full strength, no no nagging, you know, soreness or anything, ready to go so we can go out and kick butt, take names into the playoffs. But we don't have, a you know, a fairy godmother, godfather uh, sprinkling pussy dust on our limbs here in Atlanta for us to be back. But. Do we? Do you think with Trey Young being the engine of the offense and can go off in any game, do we think we should rush uh, Trey Young back? The Hawks currently sit at fifth right now at thirty-three and twenty-seven left. So I'm going to ask as far as in how many games to the end of the season do you want Trey Young to come back? In your opinion. I think you definitely don't rush it, you know. I think the longer that you can let him rest and recover, the better. Um, it's just about the Hawks' ability to kind of tread water at this point, you know, win the games that you should and don't lose the games that you shouldn't. You know, it's it's it really is that simple. Um, it's just a matter of execution now. So, like you said, they have maybe 12 games remaining here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's doable. It's doable. So, um Like I said, it's just going to be about execution down the stretch here for the Atlanta Hawks. And and their ability to execute is going to afford them the luxury of giving Trey Young all the rest and recovery he can handle uh, before they really, really ramp him up for the playoffs. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think we need to be cautious with him, with him, with us having so putting so much on his shoulders as far as having the keys to the team and getting his – and being a consistent presence night in and night out, um, I, I, I agree. And I, I say we don't rush him back. I would love to get him back sooner rather than later so that he is back and he doesn't lose too much of his conditioning. He can come back and still make the impact that he makes on a nightly basis and not have too many of those three for 17 shooting performances like against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the next player I'm going to ask, 
with obviously 12 games of Cam Reddish. Achilles is a very, very sensitive, sensitive injury, in my opinion. And I'm to the point that if Cam Reddish doesn't come back this year, I would not be upset. Now, his ability to guard multiple positions and for him to obviously, with the shooting stroke that he does have, um, obviously he needs to continue to be consistent in that and he needs to be available to work on consistency in his shooting ability. But Achilles injury, Cam Reddish, what, what do you think there? Uh, do you think it's, it's not worth him bringing him back for the season or do you think that at some point we're going to need Cam Reddish? Well, I guess it just depends on how significant the Achilles injury was and where he is in the recovery process. But with those, it's definitely not something that you want to risk. We saw what happened, um, you know, with KD. We've seen what happened more recently with Klay Thompson. Um, those injuries can be tricky. Uh, and they often sideline guys for an extended period of time. So Reddish has a lot of career left, a lot of games left to play, um, and you want to ensure that. So hopefully the Hawks are – I'm sure, by all means, they're doing everything that they should um, when it comes to, you know, the medical reports and keeping track of where he is in his rehabilitation. Yeah. Um, So um, second question with that, um, do do you would you would you be upset with the Hawks if they sideline him for the rest of the year? Absolutely not, because, again, I think that's a circumstance where there's so much gray area that it's just better to always play it safe than to risk an injury of that type of magnitude. Fair enough. I I 100% agree with that. I wouldn't be upset um, if they did sideline Cam uh, Cam Reddish. Like you said, has a lot of career left, bright future. Obviously, he's an explosive player, so – you want to preserve that Achilles as much as possible so you can keep that part of his game intact for as long as possible. Because obviously as you get older, uh, your explosiveness uh, decreases over the years. And, you know, you know me, David, with my bad knees, uh, I, I, I know firsthand. And I'm sure you do, too. You've lost a little bit of explosiveness uh, having an ankle injury and obviously you being a very athletic uh um, human being as well on the basketball court, but uh, it's definitely you're trying to preserve your youth as long as possible. And with him only having been his second year in the league, uh, I think it's perfectly fine to not risk it. Now, DeAndre Hunter, he came back for two games and then still had some soreness. And so they did a little procedure there to help with that soreness. So he is out for a little bit. I know that I, I said to post the question if Cam Reddish uh, didn't play for the rest of the year, uh, it'd be fine. But I think definitely DeAndre Hunter is someone we need back and as soon as he's healthy. And I know that with a knee, conditioning is a big deal. And obviously he was the one of, one of the leading scorers on the team before he went out with injury and obviously is a really good defender in his second year in the league. Cam Reddish, I mean, sorry, DeAndre Hunter, is he a player that, if he's healthy, you want to get him back and get in the rhythm before the playoffs start? Uh, Yeah, definitely, because I think that he is more suited to be a defensive superstar currently than an offensive superstar, and that's not to say that that can't change. Um, but for guys like that, you definitely want to give them all the time that they need to get back into that kind of offensive consistency and continuity um, because their Hunter, you know, just doesn't have as strong of an outside jumper or as a solidified game uh, getting to the hoop right now. He's just a raw athlete, which, again, there's nothing wrong with that. He's a very young guy. So a lot of potential with Hunter. Um but yeah, I think giving him a little bit more wiggle room would definitely help you help you as you enter the playoffs. Yeah, um, get well soon, DeAndre Hunter, uh, young Kawhi, as a lot of Hawks fans say, and I agree. I mean, he he shows some flashes, but long way to go in his career. Still has to obviously continue to work on things offensively, and 
continue to be him. He was Mr. Consistent when he was in the lineup, and that's something that in order to earn your stripes in the NBA, you got to continue to be consistent. So uh, we wish you a speedy recovery, full recovery for all of our Hawks players. And last but not least, the player who has not suited up for the Hawks yet this year, Chris Dunn. I know we talked off there about Chris Dunn. Uh, I know a lot of Hawks fans are like, wow, he's just really just collecting a paycheck right now. But I feel like Chris Dunn is a player that even if he comes back in the playoffs, he's going to make an impact, especially on the defensive end. And he is someone that we didn't get him for his offensive prowess. We got him for him being a disruptor on the defensive end, on the perimeter. And he is someone that I feel like once he plays, Hawks fans are just going to just love him because we can put him on the best backcourt player for the other opposite team and let Chris Dunn go to work on a defensive end. So, David, uh, let's say hypothetically, Hawks play the the Knicks in the first round, and Chris Dunn is available, and everybody else is healthy. For the most part, obviously, Cam Reddish will see, DeAndre Hunter will see, but Chris Dunn is healthy. What Chris Dunn gonna do on the defensive end? And you should know, um, being a and not you as a as a Bulls fan, I know that you have kind of disowned them a little bit from their uh, horrors in the last some odd years. But Chris Dunn, what can Hawks fans who <laughs> forgot about him? Uh, can, what can they expect from him? Well, they can expect a lot of steals. They can expect a guy who's really going to muck it up for the other team offensively. Um, he is very, very talented in his ability to just get under a guy's skin on the perimeter. Um, for being a guard, he is very long um, and has the ability to really guard a lot of those kind of elite players on the perimeter, those two, some of those threes. Um, so you're going to see a lot of things from Chris Dunn that uh, are going to be really, really valuable to the Hawks, uh, especially, as I said, going into the playoffs, matching up against some of those premier wings in the league, being able to have this kind of Swiss Army knife type of guy to come off of your bench, help you run the offense, and help guard some of the better players in the league um, is definitely an invaluable quality. So Hawks fans should be very excited to hopefully see some of the best of what Chris Dunn can do. Yeah, and, and and that's why I want to see Dunn back, Hunter, and Reddish, and Tony Snell, who I forgot to mention, who's been dealing with an injury as well, as they're all very capable defenders. And I know that the Hawks added shooting this offseason, but sneakily we added some defenders on this team, and it, it's paying off even without a full roster as the Hawks are playing better defense. Uh, now leading the team as the interim head coach. And it, it's going the defense of side of things is going to be, because we know the Hawks can score. That was something that it was evident early in the season. But defense is going to be what helps them get through a seven-game series and potentially into the second round of the NBA playoffs and potentially beyond. Uh, because we know they have the second unit, as we mentioned. We know they have Trey Young, John Collins, Clint Capella in the, on the glass. Um, but defense is going to be, can they sit back and get stops? Can they execute a defensive game plan set forth by Nate McMillan? We're seeing that in small sample sizes here in the regular season. And as they continue to get healthy, I want to see that on the big stage in the playoffs because the Hawks only had three national televised game opportunities this year. So they're still a relative unknown to NBA fans um, everywhere. And if you're a new listener to Hoop Ball Hawks, get ready. They're coming, and they're coming pretty soon. And I, like I said, I compared this franchise to a young Golden State before, obviously, they put the pieces together. I'm not saying that this is going to be a championship team and uh, Navy Millen's the next Steve Kerr. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying how they're configured. They have an opportunity with the window in the East with Philly. How long is that team going to be together? Uh, Boston and their struggles right now. Uh, The Nets, how long is that team realistically going to be put together? The Hawks in the next five, six years, depending on how they work their contract situations, 
have an opportunity to make some noise and knock on the door in the Eastern Conference and potentially be a perennial power. Uh, but it's going to have to come down to the defensive end, development, and what moves they make in the offseason to continue to build upon what Travis Schlenk and his uh, management have done here in Atlanta. Um, I know that's a little long-winded right there, David, but uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to speak. The next few games coming up, Bucks on Sunday, Pistons on Monday on the back-to-back, and then they got the um, actual back-to-back uh, Wednesday break Friday opportunity against the Philadelphia 76ers next week to round out the month of April before May comes. Obviously, three of those four games, and obviously two of the games against Philly on the back-to-back, against playoff teams, the top three teams uh, in the East right now. With the injuries right now, and obviously the next man up, the Hawks players have been stepping up, and they're going to be competitive. We know that. But what is this next four games? So what are you looking for from the Hawks in these next four games? Um, I'm just going to be looking for, you know, again, then to continue to show that offensive continuity and consistency. I'm looking for them to have a presence on the defensive end, and I think Clint Capella has been really key in helping them anchor that kind of identity uh, that I think that they were kind of lacking earlier in the season. Um, And I'm just really going to look for them to execute down the stretch. There's been games where the Hawks were in position to win, um, and they just kind of let it slip away. So Trey Young is down on the court right now. You're going to be relying a little bit more heavily on everybody, kind of a little bit more of a group effort than it may be. Um, on other nights, um, and like we said, for better or for worse, um, a lot of these guys are going to really get an opportunity right now, so hopefully they can make the most of it. Yeah, uh, I agree with every single one of those things, and the only thing I'm going to add to that um, as we end, as we're getting to the end of the program is I'm watching the injury report. The next four games, I'm watching the injury report. Who's available, who's not, because – even if we go one and three, we lose to the Bucks on Sunday. Uh, Trey Young already not going to be in that game. He's not going to be available there. Uh, but I want to see John Collins continue to get healthy, grow into his own, continue to see Bogey do his thing, Herder, uh, Gallo as he's coming back from injury, I just, and Lou Will. I just want to see, like you said, the offensive continuity and continue for them to give effort on the defensive end. So even as they lose on Sunday to the Bucks. They beat, let's say they beat the Pistons, and then they lose, but they're competitive against Philly in the back-to-back. Even if they go one and three, and as much as we can't afford to go one and three because it's so tight in the Eastern Conference right now, and one and three could mean they revert back to play-in status, right now it's all about health. And that's why we talked about it at nauseum on this program today is because that internal threat, of the injury bug is going to be crucial to where this Hawks team can go this postseason, and obviously to close out the season. So that's what I'm going to be looking forward to. Uh, the Bucks game is going to be a very good game on Sunday, even with injuries and the multiple matchups that we played Milwaukee this year. The Hawks have been very competitive against Milwaukee. Obviously, they're going to have to have an answer for Giannis and Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Brooke Lopez lit them up when they played the other night uh, last week, but just really excited to see them really put it together down the stretch. So with that, that's all we have for the program today. I want to thank you, Mr. Bracey, for coming on to the program. I know it was way past your bedtime, but I appreciate you coming on to the program tonight. So David, tell the audience how they can connect with you and what you got going on. Oh, man, I appreciate you having me on the podcast this evening. Um, as always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at DFB underscore three. I always hear for all your fantasy questions and otherwise. Um, and, yeah, I got some things in the works with the network here. Going to continue to do the social media, so make sure you're following all of our team pages. We've got a lot of awesome guys contributing content right now, a lot of really great things going on. So if you got a favorite team in the league, we probably got somebody covering it. And if you don't and you think that you might be good at that, definitely shoot a line over to our guy Dan Vespris over here, always looking for new talent to help join the network and help continue us to grow that hoop ball brand. But Shout like out. I said, 
always shout out shout out shout out plug 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 as always brad i appreciate you having me on the program this evening absolute treat um and i'm very very excited to see what your atlanta hawks do over these next couple games i'm next couple of games and obviously to close out the season and I hope you hawks fans and hawks listeners are excited as well because it's going to be fun it's, it may be bumpy at times but hey we're going to get through it together and if you love what you heard today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, tell a friend to tell a friend, heck, tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. That's no cap, numbers do not lie. Share it with fellow Hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts across the globe. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter, that's at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett. Six seven. That is Brad J A R R E T T six seven. Rest in power, George Floyd. And always, you're.